0: Let us pray. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called to one body, and be ye thankful." Colossians 3:15: "Dear God, thank you for your mercies and steadfast love. Thank you for a new day and a unique opportunity to fill my heart with your word. Father, help me to stay focused and remain appreciative when things become challenging with my day. My health or my relationships father help me to remain persistent in being grateful even for the smallest of things allow my mind to see past the challenges and stay focused on my goals so that i can finish my day with confidence and peace amen thank you for listening to today's daily prayer for more inspiration and an incredible message from our feature pastor
1: Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
2: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee.
3: June thirtieth, twenty twenty-four.
4: Good morning. Good to see you. You excited? Awesome. I'm excited. I didn't. I didn't sleep most of the night. Seriously, I was praying, worshiping. I just couldn't wait. Awesome to see you guys this morning. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. It's going to be good. If you don't like to laugh, it's going to be a long morning (laughs) for you. Hallelujah. And so I find it helpful to get to know someone by sharing embarrassing stories. Can I do that? Because you're like, who is this guy? Let me share a humiliating story with you. So 1997, I'm in Salt Lake City. We're helping to plant a church there. And... We had miracle signs and wonders breaking out like crazy. People being healed of Parkinson's and cancer and tumors falling off of bodies. Like pretty cool stuff. And I'm all new to this. So I'm on the prayer team for our renewal Friday night service. I got my prayer badge; I'm ready to go. I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm praying for people. And so there's this woman there. Let's just say that she had a large carbon footprint And so I'm a thin fellow and I'm thinking I'm gonna need assistance if she were to fall out. You know, I don't want her to get hurt. I don't want me to get hurt. And so I waved over a friend George. He's coming across the he's traversing the altar area, coming to where I am. So I just figured I'll just put my hand on the small of her back just to let her know I'm there. So I do that and she begins to fall on top of me. (laughs) Now there's slow motion, then there's matrix slow motion. (laughs) My first thought is, I could have never imagined this was how I was going to die. (laughs) Nothing could have prepared me for this. Second thought was, I would have liked to have married that lady, which I am married to her now. But, so she falls, I mean, I'm thinking, she'll recognize that there's a human being under her. Nope, she's just out. I have no breath. So I'm thinking, do I wake her up from her encounter with Jesus, or do I literally go see Jesus right now? So my last dying breath, I whisper in her ear, could you move so that I might live? She goes, oh. She starts a rocking motion to get to the momentum required to get off. Any bone that didn't break on the way down is now on the brink. She gets up. I should have stopped praying for people. I probably should have received prayer, inner healing, deliverance, or something. And so I decide to keep praying for people. George is with me. Second woman is there. Now her hair is super curly, like abnormally curly. So I'm standing in front of her, George is behind her. We're good to go, right? If she were to fall out. So she starts to go back a little bit like, okay. And then she thrusts forward into my chest. (laughs) And something magical happened because those curls wrapped around a button. (laughs) So tightly. She then goes backwards. We now have the reverse of what just took place. I'm on top of the woman. Anytime you want a button to come off, this is the time. With the height difference, I'm in the mammary region, my face. So this is about as awkward as it can get. So I'm hoping that she's having a deep encounter with Jesus. She's wide awake. What are you doing? I don't know, I have not been sufficiently trained. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> the moral of that story is it comes a time just to stop praying for people, just, just receive prayer for yourself. <laughs> I have a family, I'm I married, uh, one of my wives for 24 years No. I did live in Utah, but I just have one wife. <laughs> We've been married 24 years. We have two kids. Uh, my daughter just turned 17 yesterday, which was awesome. And she's in France, actually. She's coming home today. She's with her school. And then my son, Liam, he's 12, and they are amazing. Yeah. So, are you ready to do this? Can we take off the floaties and perhaps go to the deep end of the pool? Would that be okay with you? Yes. Awesome. Colossians chapter 1, 16 and 17. This is what it says. Everything that is begins in him, whether in the heavenly realms or upon the earth, visible or invisible. Every order of justice, every level of authority, be it kingdoms or governments, principalities or jurisdictions, all things were created by him and for him. He is the initiator of all things, therefore everything finds its relevance and true pattern in him. And then John 1, 3 says this, all things, say all things, all things. were made and came into existence through him, say through him. through him. And without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. Jesus is the business. Okay? Okay. Now notice, everything visible and invisible came into existence through him. So let's go to in the beginning. Well, there's a before in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. Ephesians 1, you were in Christ before the foundations of the world. Amen. You were in the last Adam before you were lost in the first one. Yeah. Amen. Yes. So it's not really about original sin, it's about original glory. Whatever you want to pay attention to. <laughs> and it wasn't the lamb slain before the foundations of the world? Amen. Before space and time, he was slain. Then he was also slain within space and time. So his sacrifice is providing for all time. Amen. God does not forgive you in installments. <laughs> it's once and for all time. Because the sacrifice was outside time and within time, so for all time. Yep. <laughs> so let's go to the, in the beginning, you've got the Holy Spirit brooding over the waters, which means vibrate, vibrating over the waters, hydrosonic creation. Talks about being darkness and void. Think of dark matter and dark energy. We don't have an instrument that can detect it. We just know it's there, it's undetectable. So there's an undetectable environment. And then God says, or he sings, because everything's music and math, everything's notes and numbers. God's saying, Let there be light. Photons came later sun, moon, stars. This is uncreated substance. Let there be light. Didn't we just read all things? Say all things again. Through him, say that, through him. The only thing that can bring something in the unseen or the non-local, as it's called in quantum physics, and can bring it into the seen or the local is light. It's the only transitioning agent that there is that can bring what's in the unseen into the seen. So there had to be a transitioning agent for what was undetectable to become detectable, that all physical matter and energy was going to manifest through someone named Jesus. Let there be light is let there be Jesus. (laughs) All physical matter and energy are the physical demonstration of the spiritual substance of Christ. He's holding everything together. Every quantum particle, every atom, every orangutan, every redwood tree is responding to the creator and source of all things. And then fast forward, in Christ, this is what it says about us, Colossians 3.10, we stand fully identified in the new creation, renewed in knowledge according to the pattern of the exact image of our creator, 2 Corinthians 5.17, in the light of your co-inclusion in his death and resurrection, whoever you thought you were before in Christ, you are a brand new person. Amen. The old ways of seeing yourself and everyone else are over, acquaint yourself with the new. It's one thing to know who you are in Christ, and that's important. It's foundational and powerful. It's another thing to know what you are in Christ. Amen. Let's talk about that. Yes. Your multidimensional com- composition in Christ. You are a multi-dimensional new creation designed to function in, have the capacity to think in, multiple dimensions. You are in the heavens, Ephesians 2.6. You're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, and you're here at the same time. So you're like there and here at the same time? Yes? Yes. Yes. Paul wrote that in present tense. He's like, hey, one day you're going to be seated there. It's going to be pretty cool. It's a long ways away, though. And he's like, right now you're seated with Christ. How's that possible? Your spirit's much larger than your physical frame. It's not bound by the constraints of space and time. you're kind of big. Your spirit was dead before Christ. It was a black hole sucking in every hope and dream. And then it says in Romans chapter 10 that, you're, that through righteousness, your spirit was made alive. The polarity was reversed and you became a star. We are actually likened to stars in scripture. He's the father of lights. Yes. You are sons of light. Oh, amen. oh, that's interesting. So you have old creation where there's water and the spirit is vibrating over the waters. And then the father sings. Are you primarily a body of water? And the Spirit's not just in you, he's upon you, brooding over you. And doesn't the scripture say the Father sings over us? Sound familiar? You're the only part of creation that's new. So all of old creation is groaning for new creation to be made new or to understand your newness in Christ. You're actually the solution to decay in the cosmos, according to Romans 8. Amen. Decay is a manifestation of death. Yes? It says the glory of the children of God is the solution to the death in the cosmos, the decay. Yes. Okay. So you have a death defined grave-robbing power working inside of you. Yeah. At a body level. At a body level. Your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, yes? Solomon built the temple, his father's vision. There were three floors, 30 rooms on each floor, connected by spiral staircases. You are three parts, spirit, soul, body, and your DNA is a spiral staircase. Sound familiar? And then Jesus said in John 14, hey, I'm going to my father's house where there are many rooms. Where's that? It's like really far out there. Where is that house? Oh, that's you. So he's like, hey guys, I'm going to Father's house. That'll be in you. Divinity is going to find home in humanity. The human frame has become architecture for the Godhead to find a home, to reside within us, within physical creation. Religion teaches you that you have to get outside of yourself, do a certain amount of things so God will come meet with you. Pray harder. You're not worshiping long enough. Come on. You only fasted one day? How weak are you? <laughs> Work harder. Juggle for him. God says, okay, I'm impressed now, so I'm going to come meet with you. God's not coming to meet with you. He is moving through you. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Amen. Not only are you a new creation in Christ, you are in a new world. Yeah. You're assigned to the world that there's another world. You're a portal to another world. There you go. You're the convergence of heaven and earth. Amen. You're the meeting place of heaven and earth. You are Jacob's ladder. Hallelujah. (laughs) Well, you know, we're just sinners here, saved by grace, and just barely making it. Ever listen to Christian radio? We're barely making it. Where's our hope? I remember being in a meeting, a person said, would you pray that God would give me peace? And I said, that's a dumb prayer. <laughs> I said, why don't you pray that God will make you aware of the peace that you already have? <laughs> Religion will convince you of things called distance and separation, which are illusions. There's no distance and there's no separation. 1 Corinthians 6:17 Those that are joined to the Lord Jesus are one spirit with him. You can't get closer than one. God, would you come close and he's like, "Well, you know we're we're one." So I don't know how to get any closer. Your life is going to move at the speed of your awareness of oneness. It's called the pace of grace. Confidence is the consequence of oneness. The more aware you are of how close you are woven into Christ, the more confident you become. When they asked Jesus, who do you think you are? He wasn't like, well, you know... I don't want to rock anybody's boat here and make you uncomfortable. He's like, I'm the Son of God. He's like, I am. So the religious interpreted his confidence as arrogance. He only did what he saw the Father doing, he only said what he heard the Father speaking. It was from the oneness that everything flowed. Does a tree produce fruit or does a branch? the branch bears the fruit that the tree is producing. It's not even our job to produce fruit. When you're connected to the source, there will always be fruit. It's like the farmer in the parables who wakes up and stuff is grown. What did you do? Well, I slept for eight hours (laughs) and things grew. You have to understand there's nothing more you need from God. John 1.16, of his fullness you have received, past tense, grace upon grace. Amen. Our journey is discovering all that we've already been given. Hallelujah. A religious mindset interprets everything from a place of distance and separation. So it's because I did this that God did that. Everything's transactional. Let's get quantum for a moment. Let's get quantum. (laughs) So there's this quantum particle called the tardion. It's kind of a bizarre particle. It's a little spooky. The faster this particle accelerates, it gets strange. So to use an example, let's say you've got a gun in your hand, you're shooting a target. And so as this particle begins to accelerate, you shoot the bullet, it comes out of the gun, it hits the target, cause precedes effect, right? And then as it accelerates a little more, it's like shooting the gun, but the target is hit simultaneously, there's no lapse in time. As it's about to reach the speed of light, it's as if the target has already been hit and the bullet's coming back into the gun. He prepared works for you in advance. Yes? He has supplied everything you will ever need in advance. It's actually coming back to you from the future to your present. So we're not approaching God like... Would you please do this? It's like, God, help me become aware of what you've done. Help me to tune into the place of oneness so I can understand the abundance that I'm connected to. The stone being rolled away was not for him, it was for you. It was saying, hey, there's a well that's opened, it will never run dry, and you will never reach the bottom of this well. The theology of wilderness ended when Jesus entered into one and came out in the excess of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. People say they're wilderness because, well, it's dry. It's dry. You remember when Jesus was like, hey, guys, if you come to me, you'll be thirsty for the rest of your life? Oh, I'm sorry. He said, when you come to me, you'll never thirst again. You will never thirst again. Dryness is not on his end. And then aren't there rivers that flow out of you? Oh, okay. So dryness isn't on your end either. So dryness is an illusion. <laughs> Even in the book of Psalms, other side of the cross, they come into a desert region and said, well, we'll make it a place of springs. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Like everywhere you go, there is a substance from another world coming out of you. Yeah. You are a multidimensional creation. Amen. Now, the other thing people say, in the wilderness, well, God's not speaking. He's kind of quiet and. You remember when Jesus came into that town? He's like, I'm not getting anything. I don't know. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Hope you make it. (laughs) He was always speaking, which means the Father was always speaking. He didn't become mute once the Bible was written. Look, I love the Bible, but for most of human history, no one had a Bible. For most of human history, no one had a Bible. They seem to do okay. Now we do have this amazing Bible, but God's not like, all right, guys, just read the stuff. I'm out. Hope you make it. (laughs) (laughs) So now, just like Jesus in the beginning, let there be light, has now called us the light of the world. So you're now the transitioning agent between heaven and earth. When you go to pray for someone and they're healed. What's happening? There was something undetectable here that fully existed somewhere else where you're seated. And then a convergence happened because out of faith, you believed this person could be healed. So I'm going to pray a prayer of faith. And then all of a sudden that manifests into their body. How's it happening? You're the place of transition. This is pretty cool. Like, I get salvation, like, we were messed up, we need a help, we got problems, right? Then for God to say, hey, I'm going to hang out inside of you, and we're going to do this together. That's where my head starts to explode. He wants to partner with us. God spoke to me six months ago, and he said, Brian, my sons and daughters, some of them are lost in the bliss of sonship, but they're not taking responsibility, so wisdom has no place to land. Wisdom doesn't come around your life until you take responsibility. Like, we all have a measure of faith, but it's not the same measure. The kingdom's not socialistic. Some get more. Some get less. So if I never step out and believe God for something, I don't need more faith. You start stepping out more, God's like, oh, you're going to need some more? Heaven's not up there going, but we've run out. It's so dry up here. (laughs) As we keep stepping out, it increases. The size of our metron, your sphere of influence, begins to increase because you're taking responsibility. In Salt Lake City, There's a huge witchcraft culture. We lived there for eight years. and I love witches. (laughs) I have quite a few friends that are witches. And they're friends. It's funny how people react. How How are you friends? Remember when Jesus was friends with religious people? I mean, sinners? He was friends with them, you know? I don't know. And so we would go to this place in, it's called Liberty Park. There's about a thousand. You've got witches and warlocks and vampires and shamans and all these drum circles and I tried to get some other believers to like, hey, we're just gonna go down there praying like, oh brother, we would never We don't we don't do that. Huh? Because I thought the light of the world was like something. I don't I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know so we would go so we're down there just hanging out having a good time with people and so there's drum circles all of so we're walking by this drum circle and this shaman is transferring demons into a girl and I was like with some students we were doing university ministry at the time and I said hey you know, we could stop this right now like immediately I just want to know this girl wants to be free she immediately looks at me she says help me and goes back and says oh this is about to come down So we just walked into the circle. Now, we didn't get all animated and be like, well, we didn't get a low center of gravity going. That's not what we did. We just stood there. And I said, atmosphere, you're going to change right now. Immediately, the drum stopped. People were kind of confused. And then there's a guy who cocked his head across the circle. I'm like, I think this guy's in charge. And he walks over to me and says, what did you do to the atmosphere? I said, I changed it. He says, how did you do that? I said, well, Jesus and I are one, and we do things together. And I said, that woman doesn't want this, so we stopped it. The cool thing is, this actually opened a door of favor, where we just started going down there all the time, and they're inviting us to their meetings, and people started encountering Christ, and... We had a witch come into our meeting. He says, I'm more powerful than Jesus. And I said, oh, that's interesting. And (laughs) And so we had an intermission time in our worship. And before that happened, I said, Jesus, did you hear what he said? You know, it's like, I don't know. You should maybe do something about that. And so during intermission, this guy's just sitting there, not moving. And, well, he's a witch. He's not going to mingle, right? And so I, I went over and said, hey. Uh, you doing okay? And he says, no, I can't move a muscle in my body. I said, oh. I said, do you want to move? And he's like, yeah. So I just tapped him on the shoulder. I said, then move. He starts to move around. He says, what's going on here? And I said, well, there's someone that's more powerful. Here. I said, he loves you a ton. Like, he really does. And he he came to Christ immediately. He was like, "I, I want in. I want (laughs) it. There's nothing to be afraid of. There is nothing to be afraid of. What's the opposite of fear? Love. Perfect love drives out fear. So fear would be the absence of love? Yes? Is God love? Is God everywhere? then what is fear (laughs) it's an illusion if it's the absence of love and there's no absence of love now the consequences of fear are very real it just means we're paying attention to things that are not a divided mind is I'm paying attention to illusions You've been given the mind of Christ. Within the mind of Christ, everything that can be known is contained in the mind of Christ. It's like a lot of stuff. It's super intelligence. And he's given your mind. He's not like, hey, so I've partitioned this part of my mind. You have access to this one little sliver. But over here, once you juggle and perform for me and do some really good stuff, then we'll open up the other gates to my mind. It's like, no, I have given you my mind. You can think like God. You can know things beyond your education level. Yeah. I was in a meeting. How are we doing on time? Are we doing okay? You guys okay? Yeah. A couple more things, then we're going to ministry time. Is that all right with you? Yeah? yeah? Amen. Yeah. I couldn't hear them. I'm just kidding. So I'm in this meeting and I'm speaking and I start talking about DNA. And you ever have those moments where you're like, how do I know this? (laughs) The words are coming out I'm like, that's interesting. And so this guy comes up and says, so where'd you get your doctorate? And I said, I don't have a doctorate. He looks kind of confused. He says, where'd you get your master's? I said, I don't have a master's. He sits down. He says, well, what field of science did you study? I said, I went to Bible college. I didn't study science. <laughs> he says, uh, how do you know this? I'm a geneticist. He says, I've been a geneticist for 30 years. How do you know this? Like, he was freaking out. And I'm thinking, how do I know this? <laughs> and I hear the verse, First John 2.20, the Spirit has anointed us to know all things. So I quote the verse, and I said, I just, I just know. I don't know. I know. And so he keeps freaking out. He's like, like, there's very few people that know this stuff. I said, well, there's someone, someone who does, <laughs> knows like a lot of stuff. <laughs> and we're one with him, so he likes to share some of those goodies with us. Amen. And so one of my favorite things to do, this is a real practical thing, when you go to bed tonight, is just say, God, I'm ready to... To know things. Would you instruct me so when I wake up, I'll just know some stuff that I need to know? It's fun. Or you could just fall asleep. <laughs> it'd be better if you did that first, maybe. All right, last piece. So I remember I said we're likened to stars in Scripture. We're sons and daughters of light. So when you think of the stars in the heavens... There's a few things they do. They light the earth. Yes. yes? We're the light of the world. The stars in the heavens are signs to the earth. We are signs to the world. The stars in the heavens govern the seasons of the earth. Huh? Oh. That means we should be governing the seasons of the world. Yes. We're not just a victim to whatever the wave is at that time. It's just like, there's nothing we can do but just let the waves crash over us and it's so dark and oh there's a valley let's lie down here in the valley it's really dark in here and mountains are really big see we're supposed to walk through valleys and lie in green pastures people were Flip that around, they lie down in valleys and then walk really fast through green pastures so they're never in a place of rest. Toil is no threat to the enemy. That's his playground, Is toil. Busyness is just burdened under Satan's yoke all that is (laughs) there's no need to perform for God performance will lead you to a place of perfectionism perfectionism is a manifestation of self-hatred I am not enough I am not doing enough I am not working hard enough We can call it a lot of things, but at the end of the day, that means I hate myself. The law of performance has been broken. You are in a new world. You are a new creation. Acquaint yourself with the new. Why don't you stand? Yeah, come on. Oh, we got music. <laughs> I feel like I should sway or something. <laughs> Just close your eyes or keep them open if you like to be in control. <laughs> Whatever works for you. someone's like this is prayer time it's serious (laughs) seriousness is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit I checked it's not in there (laughs) I was reminded of this story in worship this guy comes to Christ in his 40s really bad broken home bad relationship with his dad and he's learning how to hear the voice of God. And he goes to this flower shop to get flowers for his wife. And God says, I want you to get flowers for that woman over there on the other side of the store. So he's kind of feeling awkward, like, I don't know this lady. And then the husband walks in. And he's like, I'm not getting flowers for this lady. And he walks out feeling shame and guilt, like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't listen to what God say, said. And God says, hey, do you want to know what I thought about that? And he's like, no, no. So three days later, he finally is like, all right, God, what did, you, what did you think about that? He says, I loved the fact that you thought about doing it. All of heaven celebrated the fact that you were thinking about doing it. He says, son, my measure of success is very different than yours. Amen. So lift your hands. I break off any... Shred of the law of performance off of you. Any place that has tried to keep you in a state of toil, of busyness, every lie of distance and separation will be broken off of you. You are one with Christ. And I declare a heightened awareness of the union, the oneness with our God right now the awareness of oneness. I speak the delight and pleasure of God over you. He likes you. (laughs) You're the apple of his eye. He sees your life and he says, that's success right there. You are the greatest idea he ever had. You're the crowning genius of all his creation, the exact pattern of his image. So I declare the seat of rest over you. Any spirit of torment that's tried to lock you into a place of perfectionism, you would be released right now. You would walk in the peace of God that surpasses understanding, that guards your heart and guards your mind. It is a force field, the peace of God. And I speak to bodies that need healing. I speak to every system of the body to respond to the finished work of Christ. Every cell in your body respond to the stripes on the back of Christ Every sickness and every disease and all illness and all pain were dealt with in his body. So bodies in this room respond to this truth. Align with what Jesus has accomplished. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, you would feel the healing presence and power of Christ coming into your body at a cellular level bodies be made whole I speak to blood disorders right now where there's imbalance in the blood raise a hand if that's you you have issue in your blood yes 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 if you're near someone with their hand raised put a hand on their body you have an issue with your blood I speak balance to your blood right now the blood of Christ blood of the highest order the blood of Jesus Christ has covered you so body respond to the blood of Jesus Christ flow and function the way you're supposed to all complications cease in Jesus name yeah come on <laughs> last thing is this you can open your eyes if you're like man this stuff sounds kind of cool. I want this Jesus. You've never asked him into your life. Like, I want this. Just raise a hand. Like, I want this Jesus. You've never asked him to come into your life. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, come on. Thank you, thank you. And let's just pray this together. Jesus, you're the business. You're everything. I receive the gift of forgiveness. Once and for all time. The power of sin and the power of death. Broken over my life. I receive the power that raised you from the dead. Come on in. Have your way. And let's change the world. So I bless you to increase in favor with God and people, to increase in wisdom and revelation. You know who you are in Christ and what you are in Christ. Acquaint yourself with the new. Acquaint yourself with the new. Worship it for a moment. I find God comes in sets like ocean waves, and there's a law, there's another set coming. So let's just worship. Thanks, thank you, Jesus. Just use your voice. We love you, Lord. You're amazing. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The goodness of God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for freedom. Thank you for the joy of the Lord, it is our strength. Yeah. <laughs> the laughter of God. <laughs> Here's what I'm sensing for our last moment here. If you've just been in a season where you've just felt crushed, locked in, boxed in, you know, Sherman was talking about hope deferred right earlier. Just that you, this feeling where you just, you almost feel like you can't get out of it. I want you to just come forward. There's no shame in this. We've all been in this place. Like we've all been here, okay? You just feel crushed, locked in, almost like you just can't breathe in a sense, restricted, suppressed. Jesus has a house of wine. It's talked about in Song of Songs. I've been to houses that have like a wine cellar. I've never been to a house of wine. And I had an encounter one time with the Lord in this. He says, there are bottles of wine in my house that represent years where you felt crushed, where I was actually crushing the enemy over your life. so in this moment, I want you to ask Jesus, what's the year on that bottle? What year is that bottle of wine? You might be surprised. That was a rough year. According to Jesus, it was not. He was crushing and making beautiful things over your life. So by faith, because everything in the kingdom is accessed by faith, If you wanna do a physical act, you can do that. Say, Jesus, I wanna drink this wine. I want some bubbly with my
0: Jesus.
4: (laughs) And whatever has felt overwhelming to you in this season, I want you to begin to laugh at that which has tried to overwhelm you. You may have to start with your will you may not feel like laughing. Sometimes we don't feel like worshiping, but just by our will, we make a choice. This is the same thing. So just begin to laugh. Do you know who my father is? There's something in this moment that's going to activate when you do this. <laughs> Do you understand who our Father is? Do you know how rich our Father is? How abundant He is, how good He is, how loving He is, how kind? He keeps no record of our wrongs. <laughs> <laughs> So let the joy of the Lord that's already inside you begin to bubble up like a bubbling brook. Laughter can replace pharmaceuticals. It's pretty good medicine. (laughs) So I bless you to laugh with God over your situations, that the Father and you would laugh together. (laughs) we are not the adults of God we are the children of God (laughs) one of the sounds of heaven is children laughing (laughs) so God restore the laugh of our life where life has stolen the laugh restore the laugh of God in our life Holy Spirit, pour out some new wine for a new season. New wine for a new season. Let an expiration date come on the season that you've been in and let the wind of God propel you into the new season in Jesus' name. Everything that's tried to restrict you, constrict you, and suppress you. I pray a breaking out of the box that's tried to contain you. You come out into the magnitude of who you are in Christ. I call out the true you in Jesus' name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, come on. So I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The podcast, The Bible in a Year with Jack Graham, is a moving and inspiring biblical audio experience that
0: will help you master wisdom from the world's greatest book. In each episode, you'll learn to apply biblical principles to everyday life. Each cinematic episode is a journey through the Bible's most profound stories that will strengthen your appreciation of the Word and inspire you to keep learning. Listen to The Bible in a Year with Jack Graham on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.